This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Another major championship is upon us. The biggest event on the schedule for the women is here. The United States Open. Nick, are you ready to identify another major champion? Yeah, I think uh, I think this one's pretty easy. So it's pretty, I'm, I'm, do you? I'm pretty confident we've got. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Toughest championship to win in the sport. <laughs> Nick says easy money. to predict. Yeah, easy. Money. Let's go, folks. Thank you so much for your support of the podcast. Please go on Apple Podcasts. Leave us the winner of the U.S. Women's Open. If you're correct. Piper Golf will send you a sampler pack of their golf balls. Please go to Apple Podcasts. I know the numbers say at least half of you listen through Apple. Go to the At The Turn page. You're there. You're listening to us right now. Give us five stars. Let us know who you think is going to win. If you're right, Piper Golf sends you a sampler pack. If you can't wait, go to Piper.Golf. Enter the promo code TURN10 at checkout, and you'll get 10% off of your purchase. Nick, should we get into the fun facts about this event? Yeah. So I was doing a little bit of digging on uh, the U.S. Women's Open, and I, I just jotted down some some interesting fun facts about, about the event's history, uh, about the U.S. Women's Open in general. So I'll just spout them off, and, and you stop me you know, when you, want to, when you want to dive deeper into one of these things. Great. All right. So the first – First thing I have is a list of lasts. The last time these types of things happened. Okay. Um, last time there was a repeat champion, 2000, 2001. You got to go back 20 years. Carrie Webb won two years in a row. How much do you think her combined haul was for those two back-to-back U.S. Open wins, 2000, 2001? You, you always put me on the spot for these kinds of things. No. I'm excited. I'm ready. So 2000, 2001, that was after Annika won her U.S. Women's Opens. There's probably a little bit of a bump for that, but not much. So you're, you're, you're talking about the combined winner shares that she got in back-to-back years. I'm going to say she was probably around 100,000, maybe a little bit more for each. I'm going to say Carrie Webb won 260,000 combined. 
$1,020,000. Really? Yeah, she won. Uh, yeah. Grow the game. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So a lot of these things that, I, that I'm going to talk about uh, have to do with money, which I think is kind of fun. People, what a misogynist pig I am thinking that she only won a quarter million for taking home two well, U.S. Women's Opens. So my next one, maybe this wasn't my next one, but this will this will jump. Uh, what a difference a decades makes because Betsy King won back-to-back U.S. Women's Open in 1989 and 90. So just about a decade apart. Her total haul, Joe, I'll take the pressure off you, $165,000. So not quite 10 times more money for 10, 11, 12 years later. Uh, so, yeah, it, it wasn't that far off. And I kind of attribute this to the Tiger effect. Now, I think more people were just paying attention to golf. In only four years, the purse doubled in the U.S. Women's Open from 98 to 2002. The 98 winner's share was $267,500. So good, not great. Obviously, this is prime Tiger tiger season. 2002, $535,000. So it, it literally doubled in, in four years. In, in peak Tiger, I have to think the Tiger Woods impact span into the women's game during that era. Yeah, Tiger meant more money for everybody, especially on the men's side. But it's nice to see that that came a little bit on the women's side. Obviously, we'll get to the record purse coming this year. But yeah, happy to see that. Still not enough. Still not enough. Well, it, it wasn't. It wasn't enough. Now, I mean, it's almost equivalent to. Men's majors, the purse this year, Joe, is $10 million. The purse for last year's PGA Championship, where Phil, Mickle win, where Phil Mickelson won, was $11 million. So it's not quite identical, but it's pretty damn close. It's as close as they've ever been. Yeah, and you remember when this news broke at the, I think it was in January, when it was made known that the U.S. Women's Open would have a significant purse, uh, it was a big deal, and for a reason, because last year the purse was 5.5 mil, and now it's at 10 million, and the winner's share is going to be, I think it's 1.8 million this yeah. year. So a legitimate purse, and we've we've talked about this in the past, the corollary between golf and tennis, and the difference is clear in terms of money. The money share on the women's side for tennis is <clears throat> equal to men. It took a long time to get there, but it's there, and the women are now approaching this in golf, and that's what it should be. That's Yeah. It should be equal. They're, they're so much closer now. It will be interesting to see how much those added sponsorships impact our experience as a viewer. But I think it really – this will be one of the first sporting events where I'll appreciate all the sponsorships because I, I we really have – when you lead with the women are getting more money, it makes it so much more palatable that, oh, I'm seeing more commercials. I'm seeing these ads everywhere. When you just turn it on and see those ads everywhere – it, 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 it's must such a turnoff, but it, I think they've the USGA has really positioned themselves well to for the fans to embrace whatever. I, I'm sure there will be differences that we notice, but we will be more receptive to them. I, I I will be. I really hope it also leads to better non traditional means of coverage, right? Because that's what we always talk about in the Masters is how great the website is. You can watch every shot from every player. We're not going to get that for the U.S. Women's Open. But if I want to sit and watch every shot Danielle Kang hits in this U.S. Women's Open, I hope that there's something approaching that, that there's a really good 
digital side to this in addition to the traditional broadcast coverage because more money should also mean more access for fans to watch these events. And that's what we always talk about in terms of the LPGA and its popularity compared to the PGA Tour. The product is as good. You just need to have fans get the same level of accessibility that they're getting on the PGA Tour. More LPGA Tour events are being broadcast on network television this year compared to years past, but the marquee event is what matters most. This has to have the same level of coverage that the Men's US Open does, that the Masters does. It's not going to be there, but you have to attempt to approach that in order to have them be equal. It's the same thing with any women's sport, WNBA versus NBA. More coverage, more accessibility, more popularity, and that's leveling the playing field. Yes, exactly. And they're they're actually making some some legitimate strides. So they are. It's, it's not that. just it's not just just bullshit talk. They're they're actually making in that direction and there's stars to galvanize around that who we'll talk about a little bit later in our picks. Oh yeah. Um so a couple more lasts. Uh the last American champion. Care to take a gander how long it has been since an American won the US Open? Was it Brittany Lang? It was 2016. Nice work. Thank you. Yeah. At uh, Cordoval. Um, yeah. South Korea has dominated as they have the LPGA Tour for the last decade or two. Yeah. The last winner to cash a six-figure check. We've talked about it. The, pay, the, the purses are up. Winners these days, seven figures. Last winner to cash a six-figure check, 2018, Arya Jutanagarn. So the last three U.S. Open champions – each took home a million bucks. That's good. Seven figure. That's good. Seven figure check. Yeah. Ari was the last to to, to take home a six figure. A nine hundred thousand. Yeah. Oh, I okay. I see what you're saying. So everybody that since was, then has taken home a million. Since then has gotten a million. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And the last amateur champion, the only amateur champion in the US women's open. Can 19- I get a year? You want to guess or you want me to tell you? Well, I, w- I want you to give me the year. 1967. Ooh, that's going to be tough. Yeah. I, I mean, I, no I wasn't even going to ask you. I didn't think you – I'll let you take a guess. American? The last amateur champion. But were they an American? I don't have that information accessible. I'm stumped, I'm stumped you now. Yeah. Um, it's not what's relevant here. Are they, are they a name? No. Okay. Then I'm not going to guess. Yeah. Catherine Lacoste, maybe, maybe, maybe French, maybe Canadian. <laughs> yeah. So those were my uh, those were my last. But I think the U.S. Women Women's Open is kind of notable for for the for the beginnings. First U.S. Women's Open, nineteen forty six, Spokane Country Club. I am mad. You and me and Brian Romy have not made a trip to Spokane Country Club to play the grounds. Of the first ever U.S. Women's Open, no, Romy. Romy doesn't have that pull. Give me a break. You think you think Romy makes a phone call and he's getting us off on Spokane Country Club? Maybe we'll get some Hangman Valley action. But come on, <laughs> see that's a challenge. I hope he's listening and he's going to text us immediately. Yeah, I, 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 think, he, I think he could get on. Catherine Lacoste, by the way, French French amateur golfer. Wow. So that first U.S. Women's Open was. The only U.S. Open in history, men's or women's, to be contested as a match play championship. Mm. Patty Berg 
one, five and four in that, in that first one. After year one, the USGA said, screw it. We're going to four holes, 72 holes, four rounds, 72 hole stroke play, which doesn't make sense. Why? inaugurate a tournament as match play if after the very first one and it's not like tv windows got in the way in 1946 um after that it it switched to stroke play and betty jameson who lost the final match in that first one got redemption she won the first stroke play u.s women's open in 47 the problem is patty berg made it a snooze fest five and four no one's we're we're done after the 13th hole she was too dominant if, if, if you have a match that goes 19, 20 holes, I bet they stick with it. But a little bit of a snooze fest. Patty, too dominant in the late 40s. It's that post-World War II boom, baby. Yeah, I guess the, the parody in, in women's golf wasn't where it needed to be to, to sustain a match play U.S. Open. That's exactly right. The first purse for that U.S. Open was almost $20,000, $19,700. And, and Patty Berg took, took home $5,600. And the purses didn't get that high again until the 1970s so they they made this massive investment into the first ever after that the winners were taken home like four grand the purses were like about half that um it it took almost you know 20 years to get back into you know over twenty thousand dollar purse i thought that was interesting they made this big investment off the bat and then you know immediately pulled back and you know i I don't know what the politics was going on and they United probably States weren't great. Late 1940s, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was just surprising. It seems like that very first U.S. Open was a little short-sighted. You know, they haven't really gone back to the West too much. They haven't come back to match play. They, maybe they, they put too much money into it off the bat. I don't know. It was, it was interesting. I mean, say, man, look, we had we had a men's U.S. Open in 2015, and it was such a shit show that they're probably not going to have one here for another 20 years, for God's sakes. Chambers ruined it for everybody. Yeah. So this edition is headed to Pine Needles, and there have been three previous U.S. Women's Open at Pine Needles, um, and some big names have have won these. Christy Kerr, 2007, Carrie Webb, as we mentioned, in 2001, and Annika in 1996. So the stars come out at Pine Needles. That they do. That they do. Noting their scores as, as we get ready to predict winners, because this is going to be important. It's, it's been minus five, minus seven, and minus eight is what it takes to win the U.S. Open of Pine Needles. So I've got, I've got my winning score at six under. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the one number in that batch that's not taken. Um, I, I, I'm saying you get to six under, just make pars the rest of the way and you're, you're taking home the U.S. Open. Wow. So not only is Nick, I think it's going to be easy to predict the winner. He's actually calling out a final score too. While he's I, I, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Um, that's that's my facts. That's my U.S. Women's Open oh. fun facts. Oh. My last, my first, some financial data, you know, sprinkled on top in there. What do you got, Joe? I got a fun one for you. So okay. we did a podcast earlier in the year where Nick took us through a bit of the history of all the women's majors, current and defunct. The final title holders championship in 1972, which was retroactively considered a major, was held at Pine Needles. Mm. There's a little fun yes. fact for you. Stick yeah. that in your peace pipe and smoke it, huh? Okay. I, I do love that name, title holders championship. That's like that's like a really strong name for a golfer. It is. It is. 
it's like a bunch of guys smoking cigars in the card room at the country club and like all right what's the what's the most like dominant aggressive name we can give this tournament title holder that's it so before we get into our picks there's a couple of golfers that i do want to call out first of which is nelly corda nelly corda was the hottest golfer in the world at the end of last year she is still going through the midst of a really scary medical situation. She developed a blood clot where she needed emergency surgery. We are recording this about a week before the tournament is taking place. I'm going to operate under the assumption that she is not playing in this tournament. I don't think she's officially withdrawn as of right now. She's the number two player in the world. Um, It sucks. She's not going to be there because she was so dominant last year, won her first major in 2021, took home the gold medal, firmly became the face of women's golf for America. And it's just a bummer. She's not going to probably be at the biggest event. So I did want to call that out. Um, also, you mentioned Annika. Annika's playing in her first U.S. Women's Open since 2008 when she announced her retirement to start a family. She came back last year, teed it up in the U.S. Senior Women's Open. To no one's surprise, she took home the title. Winning the senior major gets you an automatic exemption into the U.S. Open. She decided to play. And this is an event that she has won multiple times, won on this golf course. She has 72 wins in 10 majors. So she is my dark, dark, dark horse in this event, Nick. I'm calling her right now. Is this the segue into the pick section? Uh, Unless you have any news and notes, uh, that was my first unofficial pick. We can't can't have Annika in the field and not mention her, for God's sakes. No, no, absolutely. Um, I've got a dark horse. It'd be interesting to compare our dark horses because Annika is a good pick, right? She's got an incredible, incredible resume behind Best her. Best ever. My dark horse may have the best ever women's golf resume in front of her. In fact, it's so far in front of her, she's not even a professional yet. But <laughs> – but when Tell Rose me. Zhang decides to ah, make that call and become professional, she it. she very well may put together one of the best resumes. This week, she is absolutely prepared to win. She doesn't she doesn't know any better. She doesn't know not to show up and win. She just look. She's 19 years old. She's the number one ranked golfer out of all the amateur women in the entire world. She wins every tournament at Stanford. She won the 2020 – now get this. She won the 2020 U.S. Women's Amateur. Okay. Then in 2021, she won the U.S. Girls Junior. Like she won the U.S. Women's Amateur before she was even done winning junior events. I love it. I love it. She's a natural-born killer. She's going to show up. She gets a hot putter. Um, Roseanne is my dark horse. She could legitimately win this thing. I think, I think she, you know, she may she may scare her leaderboard. To win a major is, is a pretty big deal, and and not just the Evian, but like to win the Masters for the women's side, which is which is what this is would be would be a pretty a pretty big deal. It's a dark horse. I like it as a dark horse pick. Dark horse we, pick. It's a lot of fun. We know in women's golf, women are ready to win at younger ages. I mean, they are just in their primes 
earlier. The fact that she's 19, I think, is maybe working in her favor. Okay. Well, I'm going to take uh, a grizzled veteran at the age of 30 for my for, 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 for my dark horse. Bit of a flyer here. Couple wins in the LPGA Tour. Couple wins in the Ladies European Tour. Good form. Good form. Four top fours this year. We already talked about a French woman. Only amateur to win the U.S. Women's Open. So well, far. V- <laughs> yeah, till this year. I'm taking uh, Viva La France, number 17 in the world. My dark horse is Celine Boutier, pride of Duke. Another former collegiate star, used to winning. You, uh, number four, Former number one amateur in the world. Great pedigree, hasn't gotten over the top in majors, has a handful of top tens. I think she, I think she was uh, fifth in the U.S. Open a few years ago. Celine Boutier, number 17. She's my dark horse to win the U.S. Women's Open. I, I can't Google fast enough, you know, 2020 European Solheim Cup roster, but I, I'd be shocked if she wasn't on it, Joe. It seemed, she was. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe we can take another podcast and define what a dark horse is. That's fine. I'm good with it either way. Oh, wait uh, a minute. Are you, are you saying Celine isn't a dark horse because she's top 20 in the world? Yeah. I mean, she's she's arrived, man. Zero time major winner. Zero time major winner. Yeah, I wouldn't have put Scotty Scheffler as a dark horse to win the Masters. <laughs> Your point is taken. Look, I'm trying to stack the deck. I want to actually hey, start picking champions on this Joe podcast. Wants to win. Joe takes. wants to win. I, I, I appreciate it. I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm going to go with my contender. I can't wait. I know you can't. I know you can't. Um, so much material prepared as a rebuttal. Somebody who has really been through a lot at a young age, uh, still in her 20s. She's not possible. She's lost major championships in, in, in multiple heartbreaking ways. Uh, you might remember a few years ago, a significant rules violation cost Lexi Thompson four strokes in the middle of the back nine while she had a two-stroke lead and a championship. We'll talk more about that later. Last year. She had a five-stroke lead in the back nine of the U.S. Women's Open. Was unable to, unable God, to get it into five. the clubhouse. It was oh. five. It was five. But as we've established in golf, Joe, it's always darkest before the dawn. And <laughs> Lexi the the storm. is coming back, ready to win. She has pulled herself back together. She's gotten herself back up. She's number seven in the world. She's coming in hot. Second place finish at the Founders Cup. Second place finish at the Drive-On Championship. That's two of her last five starts. She's been in the top two. She's ready. She's my contender. I would love to see Lexi win. You know, I feel bad just watching that U.S. Open. I turned it on. Lexi's up by five strokes in the back nine. And I'm like, this isn't very fun. It'd be, it'd be more fun if, you know, the field, if she came back to the field a little bit. And she's made a double bogey. And I'm like, okay. This is kind of fun. It'd be kind of fun if, you know, got even closer. And then it did. And I was like, okay, well, this, <laughs> this isn't really fun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> be, yeah. Do you have fun? Do you have fun? <laughs> be fun if Lexi won. And uh man, that was that was tough. But but I'm riding with Lexi. I'm I'm really pulling for her. I hope she gets it done this week. Lexi is Ricky Fowler, except Lexi actually wins. Like yeah. Lex. Lexi has a major. Lexi chokes. 
Lexi's putter is trash at times, but she is the face of women's golf. She is the most recognizable women's golfer in America. It would be incredible. Nothing would do more for the LPGA than the biggest star winning the biggest event. So I really, really hope Lexi wins. You spoke of the Founders Cup. I watched the last six holes of the Founders Cup the other week. She was defeated, and she she played well. She had a really solid round. It's not like she made mistakes. She just didn't make enough birdies. The body language doctor is going to come talk to you for a second. Watching Lexi not win a golf tournament reminds me of me when I know the round is falling apart. Lexi had the same look on her face for probably like four or five of those holes down the stretch. There is this uncomfortable, resigned, laughing smile that I am all too familiar with. When you know the oil is leaking out of the car, like you know that something terrible is happening and there's nothing that you can do to prevent it from stopping. And it is the look of a person who knows they're not going to win and is almost expecting not to win. Unfortunately, and certainly it's not on the same scale, I am very accustomed to that sense that she is experiencing. Nick, she's not passing the body language test. She hasn't won in three years. I hope I'm wrong. I just don't see it happening at the U.S. Women's Open. Yeah, I mean, as as we've noted, it's a tough stage to, the biggest. to answer the tough. You really have to answer the questions. But I just believe she's been through it. There's nothing else to lose. She's she's already lost one down the stretch. So she doesn't have to fear that anymore. Whoa, you know, whoa. you get this big lead and and you fear losing it. But she's already done that. She's already okay. lost one down the stretch. So she doesn't have to fear that anymore. She can just go out and play her game. But don't you think there's a difference between losing one down the stretch and what happened last year? No, I think that's I think she lost it down the stretch. Yeah, but a five five shots on the back nine. Greg Norman looks at that and says, "Oh damn. That's that is choking. That is bad." Again, I have to preface this so much by saying I hope I'm wrong. Nothing would be better for golf than Lexi Thompson vanquishing all the demons winning the U.S. Women's Open, and just taking care of business. It doesn't pass the smell test. It's really, It was really, really tough to watch her at the Founders' Cup because all she needed to do was make one putt, make one birdie, apply pressure. Like, what's the famous Nick Heidelberger line? Pressure isn't something you feel. It's something you apply. And Lexi could not apply mm-hmm. any pressure. She was resigned that she was going to finish second, and I think she's in a weird mode of her career right now where she just doesn't think she's going to win. Three years for someone who hits the ball that far and is that talented not to win in three years, it's pretty brutal, man. You got a contender? I do. This was my pick to win the Olympic gold medal. Every time I see her swing a golf club, It looks powerful. It looks in control. All she does is play well. 10 starts 
in 2022. Eight top 20s, including a victory. And she finished one spot higher than Lexi in last year's U.S. Women's Open. The pride of Japan, number six in the world, Nasa Hatatoka is my contender. And boy, I can't tell you how long I looked for odds on Nasa Hatatoka to win the U.S. Women's Open because I'm going to take I'm going to take some of that Gavin's College Fund that you were trying to put on the PGA Championship a few weeks ago. I want to put some <laughs> of that on Nasa because she is in great form. She knows how to get there. She just ran into a buzzsaw in the playoff. I would not be surprised at all if she won the U.S. Women's Open. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. Are you ready for my winner? I this can't wait. The, you said it was easy. Is the, it is. It is. Uh, <laughs> Jin Youngko is is going to win the U.S. Women's Open. And I, right. I don't even think it's going to be. Going out on a limb here. No. I mean, since July 1st of last year. Yeah. She has. She has not missed a green irregulation since yeah. July of last year. <laughs> exactly. She has six wins, six wins, yeah. and two second place finishes in fifteen events. I don't. I'm sure Tiger had one or two stretches like that in his career. She's in the middle of it right now. Six wins in the last eleven months, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Trust me. Needless I to looked- say, she's number one in the world. I had to I had to talk myself out of her because that streak that she was on, it did not get enough run on golf Twitter. She hit over a hundred greens in regulation in a row. In a, so her misses were still on the green for over a tournament and a half. It was one of the most like and I probably watched twenty to thirty holes of it, and the commentators were just laughing. Like she would be disappointed in a shot. It would be like 17 feet from the cup. She is so far and away the number one player in the world. Nelly Korda had one of the most impressive stretches we've seen in a long time and still was overtaken. Part of that was the injury, but my God, this woman, she can't miss. It, uh, she's the overwhelming favorite going into this tournament. It's a wonderful pick, and I, I love it. I love it. Thank you. My winner. The winner of the Founders' Cup. The lady who held off Lexi Thompson down the stretch. Number four in the world, seven starts this year. She had a third, a second, and a win. I'm taking Minji Lee. Mm. Just as solid as they come. Unflappable. All she does is hit greens and make putts and finish in the top three. Nick, if we don't have the winner in these picks... I would be shocked. I mean, you took far and away the best player in the world. I took two of the hottest players in the world. We have Lexi in case the stars align. Like I feel, Rosang really, is you know I, a really good dark horse. Sure, you we kind have, of we, have claim to Annika as sure. like a, a darker dark horse. If that I said her through, name, you know, yeah, Des- sure. Despite the fact that I picked the number seventeen player in the world as a dark horse, you you, you tried to you tried to tell me that was inappropriate. Maybe it is. <laughs> I still got her. She's a winner as well. I feel really good about these picks. Yeah, I do too. And I feel really good about the U.S. Women's Open. I can't wait to watch somebody take home $1.8 million. Not exactly the same, but very close to what the men are getting for their major championships. It's going to be great to see. I do too. Hey, folks, you want to support women's sports. You want to support women's golf. It's really easy. It's really, really easy. 
sit your ass down this weekend and watch the U.S. Women's Open. Contribute to the ratings, tune in, and just watch what happens. It's going to be a wonderful event. Best golfers in the world. You don't have anything else going on this weekend. It's going to rain. I, I, I don't know where you're listening, whether you're in South Africa, Sweden, or Portland, Oregon. It's going to rain. Watch the U.S. Women's Open. It's going to be a great time. Nick, I am so excited for the Mad Golfer of the Week. I purposely left out what golf course the Mad Golfer of the Week is for, and I'll tell you what it is in just a second. But I have to tell you, folks, if you are upset, if you've seen a review of someone who's upset, please send us your Mad Golfer of the Week to atthaturnpod at gmail.com. Your submissions are always welcome there. Mad Golfer of the Week is brought to you by T-Box Coffee. It is a roast-to-order coffee brand in the heart of Southern California, packaged for the golfer who can shoot 68, the golfer who shoots 112, and every score in between. Let T-Box fuel your morning rounds. Use promo code TURN15 at checkout for 15% off. Nick, Ashley, Ashley had an issue with, uh, with that read. She, she, she told me she didn't like not being targeted by, by the scores, the 68 to, to 112. And I, I had to remind her the last two times she played, she shot 50 and for nine holes. So I'm like, you're shooting a hunt, you know, she's like, oh, that's right. I guess it's okay. She's everyone in between. I, I know, but maybe we need to raise the ceiling in case, in case somebody has a bad round. I'm not sure. Just, just giving out the listener feedback. Maybe, 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 maybe Ashley needs to get some barn caddy cold brew. You know, she what I'm might saying? be the bad golfer the next time. She, <laughs> you keep doing that read. <laughs> so I'm going to qualify this by saying that this was the golf course far and away. We've done Augusta, we've done major championship venues, some of the nicest courses in Portland, all across the United States of America. This golf course had the highest rating of anyone that we've done so far, 4.9 out of 5. I was able to find a one-star rating, and that is our Mad Golfer of the Week. Nick, do you have any guesses of what this course is? And, and not a single guess. This is Chemawa Golf Club. <sighs> All right. Here we go. It is titled Rude Staff. Now, before I get into it, let me just say there are typos throughout, so I will do my best to get through it. For the enjoyment of Nick and the listener, I try to do these cold as to really emphasize the errors that are in these reviews because I think it really I think it really contributes to show how mad these golfers actually are. So let me have a sip of coffee first before I do this. By the way, is the mic picking up my 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 very metal straw that I have here? No, no, it's not it's not at all actually. Outstanding. So here we go. This is titled Rude Staff. Quote, from the pro shop to the range marshal, there was nothing but rude comments, tone, and gesture towards the group and myself. First, the pro shop told me I couldn't go out and that I should have been refunded my money, even though they never contacted me at all. Then the pro shop tells me I have to guarantee them that we'll be off the course by four, which clearly I would have been. Then... The marshal proceeds to give me a hard time for not having a receipt, even though the pro shop said it was not an issue as they could not print one out for them, makes me go and get my own cart from the garage area off-site, not letting me use the open cars that were available. After which, as we were playing, we saw multiple groups going out after our group time with carts playing 18 after we were told we could not because we wouldn't finish. 
honestly believe they did not want us there purely for the fact that we use the hot deal on golf now. Only reason I can think of for the blatant disrespect and unprofessionalism I have experienced was very disappointed considering the court is actually in emasculate condition and a very <laughs> fine layout. Would recommend it on course conditions alone, but the service turned me off so much I could not incontinence recommend this course. I only get to play so much due to work and family life, and when I do spend good money to do it for the experience to be able to relax and taking care of what we experienced was far from that. Now, Nick, I have to ask, did you write this review? No. no. What did the uh, work and family life throw? (laughs) (laughs) My favorite is what he said in good continence. <laughs> it's an emasculate condition. Yeah. It was in a masculine condition. He felt very emasculated um, after that. <clears throat> Why are people people it never sounds talk like about this, the course? It's only the staff. No. It sounds like this guy was was trying to play right before the club championship. <laughs> Doesn't it? It sounds it like really they have does. A, the biggest event of the year, and this guy's in the clubhouse be like, ah, oh, well, I booked a tea time on golf now. And they're like Dude, get out of here. Like, no wonder you can't take these carts. They're all lined up and staged for the <laughs> tournament participants. Yeah, we've been like, building to this afternoon for six months. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> rude staff. Re- like, there, there are rude people. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I've never experienced one at, at this golf course. But there are rude people here and there. If everybody in an establishment is being rude to you, the problem is you. Yes, I 100% agree. It, it, it is not going to be that everyone on a golf course is an asshole. Like, I would say occasionally there is a person where, like, we get on the first tee and I talk, look at my buddy. I'm like, was that guy kind of weird? And he's like, yeah, it's kind of weird. And then you immediately forget about it and just go play golf. Like, the staff will never have a bearing on how much I'm enjoying the round of golf. Sure, you can have people stacked on a golf course, but the staff is never the reason I'm not having a good time, ever. You think the guy giving you your cart gives a shit if you booked the tea time on golf now? Yeah. His girlfriend just called him. He was supposed to make dinner tonight. He's got to work till seven. He's having a shitty day. He's not worried about your experience, buddy. Grab a cart from the shack. Get it from across the road. He doesn't care. He's got his own problems to worry (laughs) about. Figure it out. You're the problem. So true. Well, Was was that a recent review? That actually was a recent review. But again, I'm not I'm not exaggerating, Nick. Chamoa has a 4.9 on the website that I found, which is <laughs> that is a, it's a higher rating than like Pumpkin Ridge, Pebble Beach. Like it's like the highest up yes. there. So this it's, guy had a bad day. Well, they they do water the fairways as we've established. Sure, they they yeah. advertise that they water they, the fairways. They do advertise it. It's good. All right, yeah. folks. Theme song is pending. Nick, I know you think that I'm making that up every week when I say the theme song is pending. I'm actually circling the wagons on this. One day, we're just going to drop it in, and it's going to be a wonderful surprise for you. Yeah, you're gonna, you're just gonna, not going to lead this section with theme song pending, and I'm going to play it in my car on the way to daycare. I'm going to hear the theme song. And I'll be like, oh, my God, here it is. <laughs> here, exactly. It is now time for <clears throat> Nick Rules, brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout for 20% off. So we talked about how Lexi Thompson has had a couple bad breaks in major championships. None worse than this, and this is not her fault. In the 2017 a Inspiration, Lexi was cruising to her second major championship. Some asshole... <laughs> 
watching TV. Yeah, the worst. Who somehow feels like he know? I don't even understand how they may have even noticed this. Lexi had like a, I don't know, less than two foot putt, about a, about an eighteen inch putt. Stood over it, was about to knock it in, took a breath, decided to mark it, bent down, marked it, gained her composure, put the ball back, knocked it in, went on her business. This was in the third round on Saturday. Some 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 guy thought there was some some shenanigans going on there. Somehow maybe um, zoomed in, ultra zoomed in on the ball. It was determined that she put the ball back about and I shit you not, but a third to a half of a ball, you know, size, radius, diameter off of where her coin was. Um, and so she was assessed a four stroke penalty, two strokes for playing from a wrong spot, two strokes for signing an incorrect scorecard because she didn't know of this penalty until the next day. Um, <clears throat> so they, they didn't DQ her. So after the 12th hole, of the final round, she had a two-stroke lead. It's notified, hey, you're now trailing by two because of this four-stroke penalty. Uh, you've got six holes to play, though, so so good luck. She actually birdied the next two holes, makes it to a playoff. She was in tears in the 13th tee box, ended up losing in a playoff. And, and the interesting thing is, like, I'm looking for the official rules of golf, and all of the rules of being on the putting green are like, extenuating circumstances like if there's something on the ground between you and your ball and the hole you know they're really the only thing that it says is kind of straight up is the ball must be replaced in its original spot and then there's all these stipulations for when when that wouldn't happen but the, the ball must be replaced in its original spot or if not known must be estimated amazing for someone to have enough composure to actually still get shit done and get yourself in a playoff. If I was informed of this news, they'd have to cut away from me. Like I know that they probably got the camera Bro, like this close to Lexi when this is happening. They would have to get the camera away from me because I would be going absolutely ape shit. The television police on these golf broadcasts are crazy. Do you have no one else to talk to about this? Are you really trying to penalize Lexi Thompson? It's not like she gained some sort of advantage by her ball coming to rest in a different place. This isn't Patrick Reed trying to usurp the authority of golf. This is an honest mistake that cost someone a major championship. It sucks. It's, it's, it's hardly even a mistake. Like, right. How accountable are the players to put it in the exact, the exact blade of grass? Like... Like at a certain point, are you saying the the bottom of the ball, like this tiny little minuscule piece of the ball that touches the ground needs to be on the exact blade of grass? Like what's the margin for error there? Well, exactly. And how many times have you marked your ball and then you've tried to put the ball back and it kind of oscillates like, I don't know. It falls into a divot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like a 32nd of a millimeter. And then you go through that thing of like, all right, well, if I put the ball back exactly where it was, I'm going to be putting out of a depression. So do I try to like push it in that depression? Do I try to like move it like a millimeter? So I'm not putting out of a depression. It's like, I'm not saying Lexi was trying to do that or not. I'm saying like this rule is crazy. And the fact that you can like pause a live broadcast and get into a situation where Lexi has to uh, make a decision split second, not really knowing that she's even doing anything wrong and then get penalized the next day for shots is 
terrible. It's terrible. Right. Yeah. I think ultimately, I just don't know how you can enforce something that naturally encompasses human error. Like, like what, it, like ultimately, what is the margin for error? She's not gaining an advantage. Like you said, it's an 18 inch putt. It's not like she was moving it to right. avoid it. Like she wasn't going to miss the putt no matter where it was from. Like, like why are you policing the human error? And, and are you watching everybody? Like what does the standard become for every other golfer? Right. Because golf, how you, you can't literally put it on the exact blade of grass. The ball marker is round. The ball is round. You're going to be off by a couple millimeters, centimeters here and there to, every single time. It's just part of it. Well, and to further it, I'm sure this happens many, many times throughout the course of a golf tournament with many, many golfers. They just don't happen to be leading a major. So the camera isn't on their every single move at every single moment. This just happened to be captured and some dork called in made it a penalty and she lost four shots, which is not right. in the spirit of the game. It's, it's just, it's just not in the spirit of the game. Right. And if, if you're going to be that black and white about the rule, do not let golfers pick their ball up on the green. That's exactly right. That's tragic. Nick That's Nick rules. I know I talked mess about Lexi. I, I hope she wins. I didn't talk mess. I'm going to retract that. I just stated facts. You just gave your opinion, yeah. The body language doctor came out, and uh, that was my diagnosis. I hope I hope she gets it done. Enjoy the U.S. Women's Open. It's going to be a wonderful tournament. We have so many wonderful things coming up on this podcast throughout the duration of the summer. We're going to revisit some movies coming up in weeks ahead. We have a couple more men's majors. It's going to be a great time. Nick, how's your golf game right now? May's been a uh, tough month to get on the course. W- one round in May. Um, just too much work and family life. And when I get out there, I can't even get my own cart. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, just, I just haven't had a chance to play. Uh, I'll, I'll play more. I'll, I'll okay. play more. It's just, it's just, it's got to make the time. But it's so far, so good. I've been just in the 90s. I, I think I shot 90 twice. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Handicap hasn't moved this year. I'll just put it that way. Mine has, but in the wrong direction. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the golf. We'll talk very soon. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn. Thank you.